Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. The Denver Broncos schedule release approaches us in just a few weeks as we take a look at the most intriguing opponent on the calendar. We don't know what week, we don't know what time that'll be yet, but the opponents we take a look at on today's episode of the show. Plus, the Denver Broncos administer vaccinations to over 150 employees, players, and staff at the Pat Bolinfield House yesterday, and former Denver Broncos safety TJ Ward announced his retirement. We're going to talk about all this on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the south stands to the end zone i'm your host as always cody rourke senior nfl analyst at pro football network and broncos insider for the lockdown nfl network you guys can follow me on twitter at cody rourke nfl today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts that your car will ever need Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. But ladies and gentlemen, very happy to join all of you here on this Thursday, whether you're listening to this to the morning, the afternoon, or in the evening. We bring a brand new episode to you every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week, all year long. We are approaching our thousandth episode we're going to have a very special guest on as well. Plus, we got a couple of Broncos players coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to breaking it down here with Broncos country. But getting into the brunt of today's show, my good friend Patrick Coyote, he's going to join me in segments two and three to talk about some Broncos topics. But I felt like it was important to touch on what the Broncos did yesterday at the Pat Bowen Fieldhouse at the UCL Training Center in Inglewood, Colorado. And we get to hear from Vice President of Strategic Initiatives, Brittany Bullen, as she discussed the organization's efforts to provide vaccinations with the team and to bring normal football back to the Broncos organization. So let's take things away to Brittany Bullen. Um, we're providing a voluntary vaccination opportunity to our full-time and part-time staff, both at um, Empower Field at Mile High, as well as UC Health Training Center. We have also extended this offer to players, coaches, uh, cheerleaders, our alumni, and their family and friends. Um, this wouldn't be possible without the partnership and support of UC Health, as well as the state. Um, we're grateful for them and all of the work that they provide to, provided to make this possible. Obviously, that is a great step for the organization to be able to offer that to players, alumni, family, friends, and not just to Broncos employees, but you know, employees at Empower Field at Mile High. But one thing I want to note that a lot of people are talking about now across the state here of Colorado is that Brittany Bullen has built some very strong relationships with various people around the state, the health department, and obviously legislation. That That's a great step in the right direction. And I don't want to touch too much on the ownership situation because we don't want too much clarity yet. Obviously, there's a court case in July that is going to be taking place in Arapahoe County court but I tell you what Brittany Bullen has done everything possible in my opinion to put herself in a position to be the next controlling owner of the Denver Broncos I really want to applaud her efforts and she's been very highly spoken of but continuing on with our conversation it pertains to the Broncos being able to provide this event for vaccination for players staff coaches family and friends this was huge now for Brittany Bullen what was the process how did it get to this point where the Broncos are able to get access to the Pfizer vaccines and make vaccination possible up to this point. So a year ago, we weren't talking about (laughs) vaccines. We were talking about how to keep this organization safe and to keep our community safe and what policies we can put in place from PPE, social distancing, um, 
restrictions on capacities, how to um, sanitize things. That's really what we were talking about a year ago. But you know, about about December, I started scenario planning, considering when vaccines would be made available to the public. Um, and I've been very in close contact with the governor's office, um, as well as CP, or Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. And, you know, just having those conversations, understanding what that might look like in the future and just um, helping them partner to get the message out about how we all need to get the shot, but also ensuring that we're providing that for our organization and ensuring that the community that's directly related to the Broncos is safe. When the pandemic first hit, it was a challenge to really look at the widespread nature of what was going on and to really magnify and say, how can we keep everybody safe? For Brittany Bullen, this was a task and a challenge that she was willing to take on. And in my eyes, her response here further determines why I feel like she is probably going to be the best fit for the Broncos ownership situation in the future. She has a great understanding of that, and I think that she's ready for the challenge. First, I'll say that we've, we are today we're vaccinating just over um, 150 individuals. Um, so that will give you a sense of the players and coaches question that you asked. Um, I wouldn't present this as a challenge. It was an opportunity for me to really lead in the organization. And it allowed me to get to know really everyone because this required entire processes to change um, for us to rethink how we have been doing um, events, how we have been running training camps, how we eat in a cafeteria. Um, and so it allowed me to work with so many colleagues and that was really incredible and something that I don't know if I would have had the opportunity to do um, if COVID hadn't come to fruition. Unfortunately, it did, but it, it gave me a real opportunity to lead with my colleagues. And I think that we have created an incredibly safe environment here at UC Health um, Training Center, as well as in Power Field. And the teamwork that went into developing those policies and keeping fans in our organization safe give me so much encouragement for my next opportunity in the future. And I'm really looking forward to working with my colleagues on that. I'm personally really excited to see what Brittany Bullen can continue to do with the Broncos organization in terms from an on-field and off-the-field standpoint. Her impact in the community has already been highly spoken about, so we'll continue to see her grow. She hopefully can fulfill the wishes of carrying on the tradition in the Bullen family name at some point as maybe the controlling owner of the Denver Broncos. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our conversation with a good friend, Patrick Quixote. We're taking a look at some of the Broncos opponents from next season in light of the schedule release being announced announced here in just a few weeks which opponent is the most intriguing out of conference Patrick and I are going to talk about that plus we're going to talk about TJ Ward's retirement as well but before we get all that folks I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode Lockdown Broncos it's our good friends over there rockauto.com and if anything ever goes wrong with your vehicle or if you just want to add stuff if you're trying to renovate a project in the garage rockauto.com needs to be your go-to you make Lockdown Broncos your go-to every single day but when it comes to your vehicle and you being able to get about if you need something for your your vehicle rockauto.com is always 
always reliable. And they're a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years, folks. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And their catalog is unique. And it's remarkably easy to navigate. You could quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle based on year, make, model. You get to choose the brands, the specifications, and even the prices that you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And they are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Lockdown Broncos in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com This year, the Lockdown Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. You get insight and analysis from Lockdown local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. But continuing our conversation on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, getting into it now with my good friend Patrick Keoti. The Broncos schedule is anticipated to be released on May 12th at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. We're going to have a full-on breakdown of the schedule, the storylines, uh, when that is released. But I think what would be logistic right now for Patrick and I to talk about is some of the most intriguing matchups. When we look at non-conference opponents for the Broncos, who has the most intriguing appeal? Like which game that we're looking at right now, knowing what we know now, right? And it's all going to change after the NFL draft. Various teams are going to have different scenarios. We can flash forward ahead of that. How, how much intrigue is there around specific non-conference matchups? And we're going to talk about that. So Patrick, my man, how you doing? Welcome into today's show, my friend. We missed you the other day. Mario and I, we had a blast and you weren't here to enjoy it with us. Oh, I heard. I heard all about it. <laughs> see, I'm glad. I, see, it tells me that you listen to the show, which I love you for, and I love every Broncos <laughs> fan that listens to the show as well. You guys mean the world to myself and even to Mario, even though sometimes you know, you guys don't like how he comes across, but Mario is one of the best dudes that I know, and uh, yeah, we love having him on the show. But Pat, you know, the, the schedule release is coming out here in just a couple weeks. We know that this next week it's going to be the NFL draft. It's going to be super fun. I know you, myself, and Mario are going to probably break down the Broncos' draft selections because it's going to be magnificent who knows what the Broncos are going to do at this point we've talked about it we've weighed all the options we don't know so I'm going to flash ahead to maybe the schedule release on May 12th here the Broncos obviously have nine home games they have eight away games that extra home game is the the week 18 matchup against the Detroit Lions but outside of just the normal AFC West schedule for the Broncos when you look at their 2021 opponents which non-conference matchup or even non-divisional matchup, do you believe is the most intriguing on paper right now for Denver? I think there's a couple, really. There's there's a couple that really stand out to me looking at uh, their opponents. The the big one for me that I'm looking at right now is the Cleveland Browns. I mean, this was a team that... Ooh, at the dog pound, too. Yeah, at the dog pound. The last couple times Cleveland's played in Denver, I, I had the pleasure of, of going to one of those matchups when uh, Brandon Allen through his first career touchdown to Cortland Sutton. So that, that was a that was a huge game. It, it was awesome to see Brandon Allen win his first game against the Browns. But thinking about the Browns uh, as the team that they are, obviously Kevin Stefanski came in, made them into a playoff team. It's a whole new, it, it, it really is a whole new Browns team when you look at it. Baker Mayfield is playing like a top 10 quarterback. Who would have guessed that? The guy was a bust <laughs> over a year ago. But I think that, Looking at this team now, they've they've added some players. They got Davion Clowney. They still have Miles Garrett. 
They're going to look to add more defensive depth through the draft, possibly another wide receiver. You know, th- this is a team that is is a very strong opponent. It, they're a, a really good football team. They're playing very well. So it, I think that that would be a great matchup, especially if Denver comes out of the gate swinging. I mean, this might be one of those big time matchups, uh, possibly even like that playoff kind of scenario where it, just the feel of the game is a little more gritty. I mean, both of the games, the last few times that they've played, they've been close to the wire. You know, Baker Mayfield led the team to a big win the last time or the the game the before. Yep. Yeah, the first time. Yeah, he, he led them to a win. You ever Brandon had no Allen cornerbacks got, in that game right, at right, all? Exactly. Oh, my God. But, I mean, that one came down to the wire. And then the last one, Brandon Allen, you know, he, he played very well for his first NFL start, you know, against the Cleveland Remember Browns. Remember the team. narrative? And, and I, yeah, you know, I, even myself, I I'd say with how he played, I, I felt like I was even guilty of that because he did play efficient enough to where you didn't put the he ball did. in harm's way. He managed the game and, and never defensively was able to do it. And Noah Fant had a huge game that game, too. I, I remember watching his touchdown in that game, that long touchdown. So these these Browns-Broncos matchups over the last few years, they're, they're kind of starting to get back to back in the 80s when they would play each other all the time. And it was really gritty and, and just a, a grinded out game. So I think that's one of the games that I have circled. The other one would be, obviously, Jacksonville seeing Trevor Lawrence play against Vic Fangio's defense. What a test for a rookie quarterback to come in and, and play presuming that he is the starting quarterback who knows. But I think that, I think that for a rookie quarterback to go up against a defensive scheme like Vic Fangio's, I think that that would be a great test and a good welcome to the league for him. I'd love to see Bradley Chubb or Von Miller get a big sack against him uh, going into that game. Well, you know, Vic Fangio's record against rookie quarterbacks is very, very good. You know, you mentioned the Browns game. Outside of the drive, one of my favorite Browns-Broncos games was when Jay Cutler took on Brady Quinn. It was Brady Quinn's first start, Thursday night football on the NFL Network. Brandon Marshall with a big-time uh catch Eddie Royal had I believe a 90 plus yard touchdown and then this is where I think um, Brandon Marshall went to go pull a phone out of somewhere where there was something in his glove and Brandon Stokely came up to him and said no 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 don't do it so what maybe one of these days we'll have Stokely on to talk about that but uh, the Browns matchup is very intriguing that, that could be one of those mid-season or even towards the end of the season matchups uh, you, you know you mentioned the Jacksonville Jaguars the potential appeal of Trevor Lawrence never could play potentially three rookie quarterbacks if we look at what the Washington football team may do they maybe trying to trade up for a quarterback it could be Mac Jones uh, the New York Jets obviously with Zach Wilson and then you have Jared Goff and the Lions there's that he Jared's not a rookie but uh, three rookies and some you know interesting QB matchups for the Broncos defense outside of the AFC West matches but for me I'm gonna highlight the Baltimore Ravens game as one of those part of me it's a tie between the Dallas Cowboys matchup on the road in Dallas or the home game against Baltimore Baltimore defensively very stout. They're going to be good again next year. Derek Wolf comes back to Denver. A nice storyline there that we'll keep an eye on. Uh, but then the Dallas matchup, how are they going to match up with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and just the, the talent that they have, Michael Gallup and Dak Prescott, obviously the uh, the $100 million man. He's back in charge now. So a lot of intriguing storylines for the Broncos here, Patrick, as it pertains to this upcoming season. When the schedule release actually happens and it drops, 
You are going to have complete reaction on the week-to-week matchups by myself and Patrick Coyote, and we're going to get you fans involved in the show as well. But Broncos country, we're going to talk about a couple more things coming up here in just a moment. Where would we put the Broncos right now in the AFC West in terms of offseason rankings? And also, we honor TJ Ward as he announced his retirement yesterday. But before we do that, folks, i got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. It's a good friends over there, betonline.ag. At BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Now, the NFL season may be over, but you have the NBA ongoing, MLB, and NHL, they're all in full swing. And with the MLB, that is pun intended. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline even has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. And it's the best way to place your bets. Plus, it is free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, today through the 26th of April, I want you guys to check out the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey Sports, featuring analysis from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team. They're making the trades. They're making the selections of the next stars of the teams that they cover. And so search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter. Matters to you. That's A U D A C Y. And I tell you what, Patrick, I, I kind of I, I felt like my selection for the Broncos in the Ultimate Mock Draft. It was a couple episodes ago. It was Tuesday's episode. If you guys want to go back and check it out, I highly recommend it. The, the production on it is fantastic. I mean, I sit there and I listen to picks one all the way through five, picks six all the way through eleven, so on and so forth. Five picks a day. We were able to get the inside expertise from the local experts and also the national experts. It's really great to hear what guys like Jason Lockett for Michael Irving and Brian Baldwin have to say about the selection that I made. And so, Pat, I selected J.C. Horn at the ninth overall pick because I, I didn't anticipate the board falling at eight the way that it did. I anticipated that the Carolina Panthers were going to select Rashawn Slater and Julian Council, host of Lockdown Panthers, came in and selected Trey Lance. So Trey Lance was going to fall to the Denver Broncos if it wasn't for what happened there. So what were your quick thoughts on uh, my selection of J.C. Horn? And then we're going to talk about uh, T.J. Ward obviously hanging it up. Well, that's weird, man. Great minds think alike, because when I did a mock draft with the boys over at Blue Chip Scouting, J.C. Horn fell into my lap at nine. So I, I, I had to take hey, it. I had I to take it. it. I think that it's a good pick, man. I, I think if that's the direction, if that's the way that the board falls, you know, with the, the whole quarterback situation, that's one thing. I, I doubt that without a trade up, they're going to be able to get a quarterback. I think that just the way that the board is going to fall with possibly four or five guys going in those first six picks. I just don't see any way unless they trade up that they're going to get that guy. So you really have to go down in the next best thing. And when you look at JC Horn, you look at his size, his, his athletic ability. When you look at what he did against some of the best receivers in college football, his jump from his sophomore to junior season was incredible. The way that he refined his game, I think that that would be a fantastic pick. We've spoken many a times about how the Broncos need to look for cornerback help in the future because uh, Kyle Fuller's only on a one-year deal. Bryce Callahan is in the last year of his deal. Can't rely on him to be healthy. Ronald Darby can't rely on him to be healthy for a full 16-game season. So really, adding a guy like J.C. Horn, you're only adding to not only the depth, but you're adding for the future. And I think that that's the right way to go. So kudos to us, man. Look at Hey, us. man. Look, I know. Who would have thought? 
Not me. Who would have thought? Not me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me ask you something. Our good friend Benjamin Albright had tweeted out yesterday, and this was kind of a surprise to me, that the Broncos actually, you know, Rashawn Slater is pretty highly rated. That he wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos had interest in selecting Rashawn Slater, which I go back and I look at, you know, the tape of him at Northwestern. Obviously, a lot of, a lot of people are going to reference that he's stonewalled Chase Young. Chase Young also got a sack on that game on it. So, you know, yes, you, you've got a tackle that has the ability to be great, but do you really want to select a tackle at nine overall? I don't feel like the Broncos are in a position right now, unless it was Penne Sewell. And look, I, I, the Broncos and some, apparently some NFL executives out there view Rashawn Slater as offensive tackle one. That's okay, right? I still believe it's Penne Sewell. But outside, I, I don't think that Denver necessarily has to go out in round one and, and get an offensive tackle. I just don't think that they're in that position to do so. And Calvin Anderson is one of those guys that I talked about on yesterday's show. He's a secret weapon that Mike Munchak is developing, and, and he's going to be one of those guys. I'm telling people, do not be surprised if the Broncos, if for some reason, if Juwan James doesn't make it back in 2022, which is the high likelihood, and I, and I alluded, if he's not willing to take a, a restructure or a pay cut, yeah, he's probably gone next year. But if he plays really well and he's willing to restructure his deal, I, I could see him staying, which would be really weird right now to think about. But Calvin Anderson is developing. Mike Munchak kept him on the active roster when the team acquired him in 2019, and then he was on the active roster in 2020, started a game, and then started another game down the stretch. He Munchak loves him. So, to me, it'd be very surprising. But, you know, one thing I want to throw out here, you know, real quick, Patrick, if you had to rank right now the AFC West, where do you think the Broncos sit right now in terms of one through four? I, you know, I think with the offseason moves, it, at the end of the season, Denver was bottom ranked in the AFC West, right? But I think that they've moved up a little bit. I think they've moved ahead of a team like the Raiders. I think they've moved ahead of a team like the Chargers. I think there's a real debate right now that Denver could arguably be the second best team right now in the AFC West. And and I think that debate is arguable with the Los Angeles Chargers. I definitely agree. Obviously, Kansas City is the top team. They're yep. coming until off you another... Them. Un, until you can... and Until you really figure them out, they are going to be the best team in the AFC West. They're going to be the best team in the AFC. That's just... It's the reality that we have to live in. But I think looking at the other two teams that are in this division, the Chargers have a new, new head coach, new offensive system. Who, know, who knows what... Herbert's production is going to be like. It, it may change. Uh, I believe Pep Hamilton is not there anymore. No, I think he, if I'm not mistaken, he went to Cleveland. I'll, I'll look I, that I, up yeah, quick. yeah, fact check that. But he was a big proponent of Herbert's success. So I'm interested to see what Brandon Staley does with that offense. I'm interested to see kind of how, you know, how this team meshes and, and builds. Go I ahead. Don't know why, I don't know why he said Cleveland. He's not in Cleveland. He's in Houston. He's a Houston Texan. He's the passing game coordinator and QB coach for them there. That was a huge loss for them this offseason. It, it was. And and that's why I'm saying, so maybe maybe we need to cool off on this Justin Herbert is the next coming thing. Could you imagine yeah. if he has a sophomore slump? I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But at the same time, I, I, you know, I like Justin Herbert coming out. I, I thought he was yeah. very toolsy. I, I thought that he had... All of the all the things that that would make a good quarterback, right? And he played extremely well. But a lot of that success is built around Hamilton and and his coaching and and the just the way that that offense was built. And he had good wide receivers around him. When you look at the Raiders, they didn't really do much this offseason. What did they do? They got rid of the majority of their offensive linemen. They were trying to move on from Derek Carr. It was pretty obvious. And they they just really didn't do much to help that team get better. So. I think looking at what the Broncos were able to do, looking at 
it's going to be the second year for Jerry Judy. It's going to be the second year for Pat Shermer. It's going to be the second year for a lot of these guys. And it's going to be the second year for Drew Locke with Pat Shermer. And Albright said today, and this is something that I, I keep trying to hammer home to a lot of people. The last time that Locke had the same play, the same offensive play caller, the same offensive coordinator for back-to-back seasons, he broke the SEC passing touchdown record with two guys that eventually got drafted to the NFL. Two. Just two. Yeah. Look I mean, not, what, we're not talking about Alabama wide receivers. No, we're talking it, about and both of them, guys. Both of them went in the fourth round. You look at what <laughs> Joe Burrow had. You look at what Mac Jones had. He had first-round picks all around him. Yep. Drew Locke did that with two fourth-rounders and a bunch of guys that didn't make it in the league. So give him this chance. This is a big opportunity. So looking at it, I think, yeah, you can say that the Broncos definitely have the right to say they could be the second best team in the AFC West. I, I do agree with you there, and I'm eager to hear where Broncos country is at. But, Pat, uh, real quick before we get out of here, TJ Ward announced his retirement yesterday. Boss Ward, man. And I tell you what, it was fun watching him as an Oregon Duck. It was fun watching him even when he got in the league as a Cleveland Brown. And then the Broncos went out and they made that aggressive move to get him. That was exciting. I, I think a lot of Broncos fans were excited real quick and I'll give mine first. Your your favorite memory of TJ Ward, to me, the Super Bowl. He forced a fumble. He had the the, the interception. He had that fumble recovery. If he would have stayed on his feet on the fumble recovery and scored a touchdown, he probably would have won Super Bowl MVP. He probably would have. He balled out in that Super Bowl, man. And, and it was it was funny to see him, you know, stumble and, and kind of fall. Like he was complaining about that turf a lot. A lot of guys were. Everyone was slipping and sliding all over the place. But man, what an impact that TJ Ward made. That was a very aggressive move for John Elway to make, bringing in him and Darian Stewart, just having punishing safeties. Uh, since you took the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is one of my favorite memories. But one of my one of my favorite memories about TJ Ward, man, was when they were playing that season, they were playing against the Patriots, that snow game. And he absolutely leveled Gronkowski, just just took him. I took him out of the game. And that was a big turning point for them, for the defense and for the Broncos in that game, because that took out one of one of the Patriots best weapons. And I mean, having watched him since he was an Oregon Duck, watching it with the Cleveland Browns. When the Broncos got him, it, it finally felt like they got that punishing safety back. You know, I, I grew up watching John Lynch in a Broncos uniform, all the hard hits, you know, just the punish the punishing receivers for catching the ball. That's what that's what TJ Ward felt to me. It was nice to see that again and, and just his dog mentality. He always had a chip on his shoulder, man. And he was so fun to watch with the Broncos. So congrats to him. Thank you for all the all the fun is he memories. A, is he a ring of famer? You got to talk about it, man. You, Why not? You got to at least put him in that conversation. He, he wasn't here for very long. And, and I think about a guy like John Lynch, who also was not here, was not in Denver for very long, but made such an impact. TJ Ward helped this team win a Super Bowl, helped him get to the AFC Championship game. You got to at least put him in the conversation. I think so, too, because the no-fly zone, regardless, I think that historic secondary, all those guys or that unit in and of itself will be in the ring of fame. 
whether they're as, they in, as individual players or as the whole unit, they deserve to be in there because they were game-changing and arguably one of the best secondaries of all time in the National Football League. So TJ Ward, mile-high salute to you. We we're very excited to see what you have going on next in your career, whether it's in broadcast, whether it's in media, whether it's just in life. We wish you the best. And on behalf of Lockdown Broncos, I'm Cody Rourke, host of the show, and speaking for my good friend Patrick Coyote. We'll see you tomorrow for a Friday episode of the show.